Welcome to Down the Slope with Adam Ramuan and this week we're back to full house. Harry, Liam and Greg, how you doing boys? Very good. good. I, I'll, I'll answer first because me and Liam always have the debate. Um, I, I'm doing alright as well, thank you. Me too, doing good, doing good. And just before we get in it, Harry, Pat official top uh, when we were, so we were out for one of our mates' birthdays at the weekend, uh, explain yourself. Um, well, first of all, I like attention. Uh, second of all, uh, my mum's mate worked in, uh, it wasn't the butchers, it was like the stage before the butchers, so like a slaughterhouse. And um, he's like quite high up in Partick Thistle. He's like, oh, here, here. Uh, does your son want a Partick Thistle top? And then she texts me. And that was when the Partick T-H-I-S-T-L-E song was, um, what do you call it, Big Soft. I want one of those tops. So that is why I had the top. And then I knew it would be you and Gregor before I wore it, so that's why I wore it. Uh, actually, not a Partick Thistle fan in any way whatsoever, just to clarify. And where are we playing Kilmarnock in the cup? Um, all right, well, see, the thing is, this guy's going a big massive run after Hibs get knocked at the semi-final. And I don't go on Twitter being like, by the way, this was Greg and Ewan with a horrendous take. But as soon as I make one wee typo on the Twitter, oh, Harry's on a sticky whip. Your job being a sticky whip a second. <laughs> oh fucking hell right so this is the first of two episodes that we're going to record, record this week we're going to record on Thursday night pretty much straight after the game maybe even as it wraps up uh, you'll see timing wise um, and that's where we'll do all our league focus we'll do league predictions for the full season we'll talk about the Marabout etc but um, tonight we're focusing solely on the, the first European tie uh, also obviously one home leg 3-0 Um Back at Easter Road, Harry, um, never been that rattled by a part-time team, I don't think, have you? I, I, I never thought in my resume I'd have lost voice against Andorran farmers. Um, but yeah, to be, I don't think it was them so much as it was a certain person that I think we'll talk about a bit later on. Um, personally, I, I think the game went how I probably would have played it. I think Jack Ross was very cautious to, um, the, to anger quite a few fans, but We've never seen the team play before. I don't think there was much in the way of film to catch up on them. I don't think it does us any harm them passing the ball around their own 25 yards out in front of their own goal. I think if we overpressed, it potentially could have left gaps at the back. Um, and then, yeah, I, I thought after about 15 minutes, we took full control of the game until we got the red card and then we looked a bit shaky. And after that, um, we kind of sat probably too deep for the rest of the half. But for, for me, I didn't have any qualms personally with how Jack Ross handled the game. No, I, I was the same as you. I felt... I it's weird. I've, I've quite enjoyed sitting in the West the last two games, the sort of West lower being a bit closer. Like, not, like, just, like, more the vantage point as a, like, normally I'm up the top of the famous five, so I can't really see all that much in terms of, like, close to the action. But I felt like every time they had the ball, we could enact it. And, like, there was people around us, like, just keep pressing them and that. But I feel like, like you said, if, if you press so much, all it takes is one pass and they could have been four on two or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we set up really well in the first half. I thought we I think if we'd kept ten men and ten men on the puck, we'd have been two or three up at half time comfortably, I felt. I felt like they were just playing themselves into trouble time after time, which which suited us. Um if sorry, Greg, if I could just jump in like one more time before we go on to the next person. Mm-hmm. Um also like if we do well, obviously I reckon we're gonna get through this time. If we get through the next tight games are going to come really thick and fast. And I don't see any reason why we should 
exert all our energy in our first couple of games. I don't mind. I'd rather win 3-0 and then have everybody like pretty much fully ready to go the next game than chase them the whole game and win 6 or 7-0 yeah. for no reason. Just for yeah. it as well. Now, I think as well, when you play a, when you play part-time team, as much as everyone thinks, oh, get an early goal, like score early and just cruise the game out, the benefit of playing part-time teams is that we should be fitter. So if anything, it's, I guess you sort of do conserve energy a bit in the first half and I felt, I think, we bumped into each other, Harry, before the game, and I said, I felt like we'd win comfortably, but I did. I felt like the goals would have came in the second half, like, if they were going to come sort of late on. Um, Greg, you were not all that happy at halftime. I think mainly because of what had happened after the red card, though. What, what was your thoughts on the first half? Without talking yeah. about the referee, we'll come to the ref. He's got a full, he can get a full section. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll lay off him for the first. But then, um, yeah, I, ju- I just felt like, we went one 0 up and then just kind of took our foot off the gas a wee bit. Um, they they looked very shaky at the back, and I get Harry's point about you don't want to press them, but we, if we pressed them, we were pressed them into mistakes, and you know we pressed them high enough up, they wouldn't be out their own half. We would have just knocked it about, find space. So yeah, I, I think we maybe could have pushed up a bit higher, but we got the goal, and very I thought the floodgates the, the floodgates were going open. And then we just kind of seemed to slow it down and obviously the incident happened and and then we did kind of really slow it down after that. I wasn't sure about the sub. Maybe if Squallon was tired and, and done and then I would have understood it. But I think at that point I would maybe have taken, a, taken Stevenson off um, and brought McGuinness on and pushed him into midfield and, or even brought Doidge on or, or something. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have done like for like, to be honest. And so I went to like, what, like a three in the back with some maybe like Mackay at sort of wing-backs sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, going, definitely going to three in the back because we also had the players for that with McGinn, Poachers and, and Hanlon. But yeah, so very well to sit on here and comment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll do it every week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you mentioned that. And then see when Scott Allen did go off, obviously Kyle McGinnis came on. Um, Liam, did you or Greg, whoever, um, were you impressed with Kyle McGuinness's performance? Um, I was, um, one hundred percent very impressed with him. But I had some nice touches, some neat play, spreading the play. Not always looking for the World Cup pass. Sometimes a five-yard pass is how so it's required. So, no, I thought it was a very good performance from him. Hopefully, we can keep him fit, and there'll be more of that to come from him. I sat and spent the last thing. 15 20 minutes of the first half arguing with me, Brody was sitting next to me because he said he was up in arms at the substitution and was screaming blue murder because he took Allen off for McGinnis. But I felt by the end of the game, I felt somewhat vindicated that it was the right substitution. Um, and, and that I'd won the argument, and I think he accepted that as well. And he's not someone who accepts losing arguments easily. But uh, I, I thought McGinnis was really good, I thought his deliveries in the box were good, I thought his energy in midfield, which is what he was brought in to do, was good. Um, I think you could tell that we missed Newell and Allen, though, in some respects, because I think, and we might come on and talk about it, I think there was a real lack of fluidity in our performance for quite a prolonged spell in the game. And I think that was owed to the fact that we didn't have guys that were comfortable enough to get on the ball and make simple passes and dictate the tempo and hold possession when we needed hold possession. I felt like when we made out of the 10 then we coughed up the ball quite quickly. And when we did get forward, it was as a result of hike up the park more often than not but I think a lot of the fluidity in hindsight and in retrospect probably also the fact that um, 
the referee performance just did not allow that game to become yeah. fluid at any point, really. The whistle was going every two seconds. There was cars left, right and centre. Um, it was the... I think if you were going to uh, show a video to young referees on how to referee a game, uh, or how not to referee a game, I should say, that would be the video you would show them. Because yeah. he just... He didn't have control of the game right from the very first decision onwards. Um, and... He put himself into a bit of a, you know, giving out early bookings, you, you, you back yourself into a position where you then have to be consistent for the rest of the game and you're just dishing stuff out all over the shop. Plus some of the just the basics, the decisions were just yeah. fucking abysmal. I, yeah. I think go, going back to the to the sub, um, Jack Ross had been screaming at Scott Allen. He wasn't doing something that... He wanted them to do. I don't know if it. I think it. I think it was on the ball as opposed to off the ball, and I think it had been. Uh, in fact, do you know when it was? I remember now. They we, we had the ball, and Alan basically had a wee huff because he lost it, and then he didn't get back into shape to like set the trap to try and win the ball back. And Ross went fucking pits him, and at the time I thought, well, if Scott Allen's not really playing the game at eleven when we've got 11 men for me Scott I don't think you can play Scott Allen as part of a two in midfield when you, no matter who you're against they've got an extra man like even as I felt and then obviously like you were saying about uh, your chat with your mate that the game obviously we were all talking in the group chat at half time because we were all we were spread across the, the entire uh, the east and the west stand and that was sort of the stuff that we were saying like Greg you were saying that you felt like Scott Allen probably should have stayed on because they chased the formation and uh, I was saying like I think the main thing is, is that Jack Ross gets some in at half time and regroup and obviously we did that and we he changed the formation went to but do you say it was sort of a four two one two sort of Dre Wright maybe played just in front of that or would you, was it just a sort of straight four three two um but I think that worked I think you I've seen various things about Dre Wright's performance but I think what this the the midfield in the second half had like you said like maybe didn't have that much fluidity in it but loads of legs and I think when you're a man down in the middle of the park. And um, you need legs because they were able. They, when they got on the ball, if there was a lot of times where if they'd shifted it wide quicker, we maybe would have been in trouble a bit. But I think when you had McGinnis, Gogic, and right in there, we were able to get out wide quickly and sort of cut off the lanes. Harry, but did, did, do you think Jack Ross got spot on at halftime with sub at that point to change the formation? Obviously, get the two guys up top again. Hi, um, I'll, I'll give Greg some credit because I remember after the cup final. Um, Greg was kind of in the mode of I want to like reshape the entire team, get everybody at my club, and then he did say that he thinks that McGinnis or something about him, and we should potentially build around him. And I think if he puts in more performances, like he has this crisis, and I think that's definitely the case. I think McGinnis. Um, I've got a pelter from someone on Twitter for saying I thought McGinnis had a brilliant game against Wraith, which he did. Um, but I thought he came on, and I, I thought he was really. I've seen that. <laughs> I think the first half he could find his feet a bit, but after after half time. He seemed so comfortable on the ball. Um, and Dre Wright obviously came on and my dad was slagging him from the very off. And I was like, Dad, give him a chance. He's not as bad as everybody makes out. He's a victim of social media. And then he proceeded to give the ball away, I think, the first five times he touched it. And I was like, give me a freaking chance here. But oh. I, I think that his energy um, goes a bit underrated. My friend Craig pointed out to me as well. He, every time he kicks the ball, he kicks it really hard. And I genuinely think that's why he misplaces so many passes. Uh, like, w watch out for it genuinely. Every single time he kicks the ball, he boots it. Like, if he does a five-yard pass, it goes 40 yards. Um, but his wee flick for the, that third goal was unbelievable. Eh? And the yeah. one where they essentially walked it in the net. And then he had the cheeky wee flick for that. So I, I think Jack Ross, like, I think if you beat any team, if you score five goals 
legitimately against any team, even if a certain someone that will come on to doesn't give them all. Um, mm. I think had a good performance in my book. Yeah, I, for me, I thought, like, I thought, I think he came on, done okay, and then he gave the ball away a couple of times, sort of in the middle of the park when we maybe could have countered. Right. But then for me, right, he's got to get up to speed of the game. Yeah, like, I, we, and at the time we had ten men as well, so like that, like, um, I mean, some of the shouts that were around me and at the game was mad. Like, I know they were part time and from Andorra and that, but people were saying that we should be six and all up even if we had nine men. I was like, like, just from a physical point of view, like, it's harder. You know what I mean? No matter how shit they are, just like there's more of them. If they wanted to just fucking walk side by side all our players, they could. Like, but I thought J Wright came on and done well. And I remember him giving the ball away twice, but like you say, he created obviously he created the third goal. Portress with a good pass into him, then he finds Gogic, and that means Gogic can play the first time passing. That's but he's through Wright's flick. He also put an unbelievable cross right on Ryan Portress's head, six yards out that Portress somehow headed over. I well, think before that he had, <laughs> I was going to say. I was gonna before the on the one that I'm talking about, before the ball had even hit this pla- the seats in the famous five, Greg had already put in the group chat how the fuck he missed that, or he's got to score that or something like that. Before the ball, I was like, yeah, I think he's got to score that, and I'm not wrong to be fair. <laughs> no, that, no, that there was a side. And these are the sort of things that I think player like Jay Wright, people look at assists and that like he needs his teammates to do him a bit of a favour there as well, just to start getting people on side. Don't get me wrong, I don't think he was fantastic, but I thought, I thought he was fine, you know what I mean? I thought he, I thought he played well. Um, Liam, what did you make of the second half performance uh, and Jack Ross's change at halftime? Um, I think Jack Ross said we were spooked, didn't he, after going down to 10 men. I think there was, there was still an element of us trying to figure out what we were trying to do, I think, for the first part of the second half, for at least sort of 15 minutes or so, I felt we were still trying to adjust to the players that we had on the pitch and had not really found a, a way of, of working. Um, and then I think, in all honesty, I think when they go down to when they go down to ten men, it just it kind of ended any small advantage that they had. They only really had one player that I think he was number ten. The guy was kind of sort of mm-hmm. a deep lying kind of midfielder who seemed to want to get on the ball quite a lot. He was very good at the Barry Ferguson sort of six yard crab passes, but. Didn't really seem to have much else in his locker, albeit an old boy behind me kept on shouting that he was gonna, he was he was out there to make a name for himself and all, all this carry on about how he, he was over here and he, he was showing our midfielders up. I wasn't sure about that uh, shout. Um, I've got to say, I mean, I thought the East was bad for some shouts, but fuck me, the West lowers <laughs> some <laughs> fucking some characters. Oh, Oh Jesus! I I'm I'm glad that was a one and only stint in there because I, I think I think there was a there's a there's a wee bit of a and I've seen it on Twitter over the last couple of weeks as well. There's a wee bit of snobbery I think from some football fans about uh, that their their perceived knowledge of the game because of the level that they played at. And I think that, that there's a lot of people out there who seem to think that they're the next fucking Jose Mourinho because they've played under 14s for Craig Royston. Um, but I just, I just think we just need to, just, just all like, I mean, I, I'll respect and I listen to anyone shout, but if it's left field and it's just a complete piece of nonsense, like the that, four guys that sit and talk about football every Monday, like, <laughs> I, I like, we're like, we're all experts. No, I know, I know, totally. But, but no, I mean, no, you, no. you've got to take everyone with a pinch of salt. But I mean, this, this particular, this, there was, there was some fucking incredulous stuff. Anyway, back to second half. Uh, when they went to <laughs> ten men, I thought, I thought we, 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 we did, we, we, we took absolute control of the game. Um, and I think the disappointment, the disappointment for me is 
we didn't score more than we did. I think we did create the chances. You guys have alluded to a couple there that we probably should have scored. Uh, there was a couple of times where we just got into the final third and then quite in the last sort of pass or two didn't just didn't come off for us. Um, but then this bit, uh, the third goal, was it the third goal, is what it's called? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Very well taken finish. Very well taken finish. Nice goal. And I thought, I. It was it was a it was a decent second half performance. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wax lyrical because the team we no. were playing. Let's get it right. They were a fucking gang. They were an absolute gang. They were a bunch of fucking kick it and chase it merchants basically, and they couldn't even chase it half the time. It was a, it was a weird one, eh? Because obviously they, you can tell that they've got that continent. No matter what level you're playing against against teams on the continent, they seem to want to keep the ball. So I mean, that is like they they just pass. They don't care. But when they did have the ball, it was like an acceptance that we had are better than us just to have whatever you can to stop them. And it, it makes me wonder this if we do progress in Europe, say group stages, or even if we maybe get to the playoff round and we get a really, really big team, do we have it in our locker to try and kick teams off the pitch? Just worth worth a wee thought. But Greg, second half, you're running overly happy at half time, happy with the second half performance? Yeah, it was better. It was better. Um, I think before the game, I kind of questioned why Gogic was there. Um, really, he was a sitting midfielder. But I thought uh, Gogic was quite good, though. I'll finish my point. Um, <laughs> you saw it, Paul. He was certainly getting forward a lot, um, which I was quite surprised at. And it was way more McGuinness that was sitting. Um, but I thought it had a good game. And I had a couple of shots in the game. He tried to... Um, so yeah, maybe that's a, a different angle on his game, but oh, to be honest, I thought that um, the second half was professional, I think. Um, not sure what they're doing for their two sendings off, um, the second one in particular. The boy's absolutely nowhere near the ball and just decides to dive in, don't know, don't know what he's read there, but um, yeah, I thought it was professional. Disappointed that we didn't get another couple, um, poached at the back post and the... Um, I think it was the, the hand one header from the corner. Um, yes. Yeah, but, ugh, do you know what? I can't even can see them maybe scoring one at a push. I think we can't even see them scoring any more than that. But an absolute gang when they want to be, but then spend half their time on their arse. So we've got two sides to their game. Um, they can be hard and they can they can be soft as shit. So, yeah, we know what they're all about now. So, mm-hmm. so right, so... We won three now. Uh, let's move on to the referee. Let's let's play a little game of what bingo. Or what was the worst decision of the night? So what? Let's have a wee recap. We've got Joe Neal's red card. Just in terms of everything he done, Joe Neal's red card. Their two red cards. Um, a potential sending off tackle on Martin Boyle that I think would have been right in front of you, Liam. That at the time I didn't think was that bad. I seen on the highlights, you fucker, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> So bad. I was I was sat behind it, and it was oh, it was it, it was one of those. You, you, as soon as you see the boy take off, you know he's not even trying to win the ball. It was it was a shocker. Sorry, continue. That's it. Christian Dodge's yellow card for getting tackled. Um, <laughs> who was one goal when they got filled, and then they gave them a the, um, the two disallowed goals. The two 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 goals, and I feel well, like there was a book in the middle of the park for number fourteen that didn't get anything. Um, uh-huh. And then I feel like there was a booking, like the very, very first uh, booking. It was like no, um, Mark, Martin Boyle got sliced, and then the guy shoved him, so he shoved and him he shoved back. Him back. Uh, him, but uh, no, the other boy. Uh, 
and then you could, and obviously, and we got a penalty as well. Which, that, that was a small No, it was, no, I'm just, we're just recapping his evening. Um, have we missed there, 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 was another, there was actually a couple where Ryan, Ryan Port just got tackled from behind, and mm-hmm. he got, and as he was falling, I think he caught the guy in the face, and Port just got the tackle against the free kick coming against him. Um, there was a couple like that where, where Reed won the ball, and then or they tackled us and, and they got the foul for some reason. So, sense. I think there's 12 decisions you've made. You've mentioned 12 decisions, 12 big decisions in the game. And, I, and I'm and i just going to say now, before anyone else puts their front line in the sand, I think he maybe got two or three of those right. Yeah, I would agree. And coming out of the ground, I thought he got the boil one right. So since the, since the game, as in not sending the guy off on boil. So since the game, he's got one left, right, in my opinion. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's just play a game of yes or no. Hibs penalty. Yes, yes. or no. Come on. Yes. Yeah. What a weekend in St. Leonard's or not, to be fair. <laughs> Joe Newell, red card. Never. Uh, what I would like is Greg and Leon's initial reactions from being at the My initial ground. reaction was, that is daft. I didn't say it was a sending off. I said that was daft to try and, and that- tackle the boy three yards for the byline. But he's blocked it. I think Joe got a bit excited with the fans being in and wanted to. Mm-hmm. That was, we were pressing at that point as well. Like, you know, we, we were right on them. You see that quite a lot in football, eh? Teams, they're pressing, 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 and then someone fucking bangs someone. But no, they didn't do that. Liam, uh, other, end, other end of the West End, what did it look like for you, did you think? It looked like he died down from where I was sitting and, and the, the keeper had gone down theatrically. So I, I assumed from where I was sitting it was it was rash. But within within 45 seconds, I looked on Twitter and saw a video and uh, I was like, he, t- he actually didn't touch him. And nah, I was, I was, Harry, you were pretty much, I think you were up with tier sort of right behind, probably the same angle as me. I think I said to you guys straight away, um, or my mum, my mum was in the front row of the East Stand, but like, at the corner flag at the famous five end. So like she couldn't be there and far away. I think so that's worst that's the worst decision I think I've ever seen live. It's I would say it's between that and not getting the penalty against Falkirk for the handball in the playoff game. I'd say genuinely in terms of seeing decisions like how's he come to that, that's probably it. The fact the linesman seen it as well, the linesman didn't even give a foul. The the line like he didn't even wave his flag to suggest anything. Yeah. Um do you think I've done the right instance? Like, I don't think that can all be pinned on the ref, though. Because no. the linesman's, what, five yards away he should be. He should be staying up. And if he thinks you, that's a red, then Jesus. Do you think Hibs have done the right thing, not appealing it with the sort of risk that's attached to appealing it? And no, not there's, that, being... there's absolutely no point appealing it. Not a point in hell. Can I just can I just say on that um, on that appeal and Hibs appeal or not appeal? And I think that's a fair question, but I also think it's the wrong question. So <clears throat> UEFA send match day delegates to apparently every single European game. How is the boy that's been sent there as the match day delegate not like not filing that in his report somewhere and taking it out of the club's hands? Even if it's something that's that clear and obvious, mm-hmm. like why why the Hibs What's have the to appreciate that? I think it's a fucking nonsense rule. I think UEFA need to retrospectively review decisions to make sure they're getting things right. I also hope that the referee, in all seriousness, I know we're having a bit of a laugh here, but the referee should be fucking reprimanded for that performance. Like, I don't know what score the match day delegate would give him out of 10 for that performance, but if it's anything, if it's if it's anything that's fucking above zero, then <laughs> frankly, fuck, I think it came what it takes to be a UEFA standard referee because it was... I think that's the first time. 
he's a ref in Iceland, so I don't know what football in Iceland's like. But if you get fouled, then sure that should be your free kick. Is that, is that all right? Goes man. <laughs> Um, right. free kick against. So we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of decisions to go through here. Um next, what would what, what would have been the next horror one? Uh we've mentioned Martin Boyle, the tackle on Martin Boyle put so early door second half, uh Stonewall red card. Did he even did he book him? Did he yellow card him? He booked him for that one, eh? Did he? Did he book him? There was there was there was two challenges for Boyle. One, one they got booked for one they didn't. I'm sure the one that we were talking about he did get booked for. Because there was one up before that that he didn't get booked for. Um, two red cards for Santa Coloma that we didn't even mention in the, in the decisions in the game both red cards I think Boyle's running through on goal and aye for me he's running through on goal it's, it is a red card I mean I, I, it's, it's one of them I think the, the, the other defender is almost level but knowing what we know about Martin Boyle that will not make a fucking jot of difference he's running I'm through on goal there I'm right in saying if the Andorran boy, I know it's in the height of the game, but if he'd thought about it, if he'd actually let him get in the box and brought him down, he wouldn't have got sent off. It was his second bit of was it? No, it was straight. He gave him a straight red. It's double jeopardy. It's classed as if you give away a penalty, you can't then. As long as you, as long as you make an attempt on the ball as well. Yeah. I think. Um, on the ball then. And then second one. Second yellow. It was a bad tackle as well, you know. Like, oh, see, like it was what, uh, three weeks late. So and then Christian Boyd yellow card. Never. It was a fifty-fifty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the boys just the boys fifty-fifty made a good tackle. I think. I mean, again, I'm kind of far away, so Liam, you're in maybe best position to comment on this one. From what I can see, the boys put in a really good tackle, won the ball cleanly, and then Dodge is just well fell. Like that was sort of what I could see. I don't know if that's wrong. He was there. That's what he got bit. Right. <laughs> so let's let, let's not instead of high B of the week, what we're gonna do is worst ref decision of the week. I'm gonna nominate the Christian Boyd yellow card. That's my one. Harry. Um it's not gonna win, but I'll do the one that annoyed me most when um we had a shot and Martin Boyle was nowhere near the ball but was standing in an offside position and the referee decided, I will chop that one off. Why no? I that one that like it was literally about have you ever played football manager handheld? Yeah. On that on that game, if someone's off like the way it shows offside is it'll be on the opposite side of the pitch, but the ball oh, will be yeah, on the other just, side yeah. and it'll give offside <laughs> anyway. And even though it's nowhere near offside, it still really winds you up. It was like one of them. I've never, oh, I've, it's the first time I've seen it in real life, too. But I'll give that one. Boyle's disallowed. Uh, was it Nisbet scored that, I think? Yeah. So Nisbet yeah. disallowed goal. And on the back of McGuinness having an absolute rasper, pretty good save, to be fair. It was one of those, but I think it was a bit of a keeper save, though, upon reflection. To it, be was it was a Marciano. It was a Marciano. It was a good save, but it didn't need the, the theatrics. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Greg and Liam, um, you've still got plenty to fucking choose from, so... <laughs> What would be your worst decision of the evening? Can I just caveat? Then he give the new red card because that's just a bit too obvious and boring. Yeah, <laughs> I, the one for me was where I came into got snapped for behind in the middle of the park. But it was a proper scissor tackle, and there was nada booking in sight. I think it was Joe Newell. I think it, was I think, it? It was, I think that was before Newell got sent off. I think he snapped. I think Newell was breaking. That actually sure rings a bell, but that's a, that's a shocker. That's a red in itself, and they wouldn't get in him. So for me, that, that, that is the worst decision of the week. Okay. 
I, I mean, think the worst worst decision of the week for me is that referee getting out of his bed. <laughs> <laughs> getting on the flight and not having a fucking quarantine. She just stayed in fucking Reykjavik. <laughs> I tell you what, as well, uh, now, I know I said uh, the Dodge one, but what the fuck did Portion School get disallowed for? It's the same as like, the Rangers one, eh? He's just not allowed to score these days. Like, I, I had was that, that scored for the, the corner? It was. I thought it was Hanlon for some reason, but... No, well, Hanlon and Portress were both there, so I thought maybe like one of them had maybe blocked the defender off or something. Like, so I went out, I seen, was it the pitch side highlights or something that, um, I don't know how I've seen the goal, or maybe i just seen it on Twitter, but nobody yeah. touched the defender. The defender just doesn't get up. Hanlon and Portress both get up. I mean, Portress is in front of Hanlon, one's the heater, bottom corner. So the rest probably thought, fuck you, you've had enough chances before now. Like, <laughs> like fuck off. Um, so that pretty much happy overall. If you were to maybe rate it out of 10, I'd, I'd go seven and a half professional performance, three nil. Probably should have been more. What about you, boys? Well, can I go back to the ref for a second? Because I've got some Absolutely. Fun to say. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say that he is the man, in my opinion, who dethroned Alan Freeland as the worst referee I've ever seen in person. Don't know if, I believe it was a full cut game. I think he was losing three two. Um, and he sent off three substitutes that game. <laughs> hey. But um, I, I talking about no control. That's the least control I've ever seen uh, until that game at the weekend. Also looked up the referee stats because someone shared a link on Twitter. Forty four bookings in nine games. That's wow. nearly an average of five bookings a game. That's mental. Um, the only game in which he was involved that he wasn't that he didn't give out a booking. He was fourth official. Um, <laughs> that not fun at all but there you go um, wow. so yeah that's that's my hangs on the referee uh, moving on I would say I'd say a solid uh, it's against a crap team so I definitely think you can really give above a seven I think we've done what we needed to do professional performance one scored five legitimate goals even if the referee bantered two of them off yeah I just want to name it like where do you come do you say a five out of ten's average or do you, or do you say seven out of ten's average five's a horrible number in terms of out of ten eh? I'd say seven's average well, but Liam and Greg, I'm giving it a five. I was going to say, I'd say me and Harry were probably slightly happier coming out of the ground yeah. than we probably used to. Yeah, I think I think it was, it was very much two sides, and it was me and Liam <laughs> that were right, and you two were wrong. Right. <laughs> I've but never I, been I, wrong in my life. I'd give I it a performance, performance of five, to be honest. I really, it's okay, but it wasn't anything spectacular. So. Uh-huh. That's fair. Uh, I think I'm more expecting us to get above a five next week, yeah, this week either. So I'd, I'd probably give it a four and a half just to be oh, wow. in front of Greg. Uh, I just that there was just long, long spells that game where we just we just didn't do it for me. We didn't we didn't do what we should have for that team. We weren't clinical in front of goal in the second half. I thought first half. Jane Jack Ross used the word spook, but I think he, I still think he was right. But I think there was just an element. I was just looking a bit lost. So mm-hmm. I think four and a half is as good as I give it. I know that seems really harsh for you know when at home, but I think context of the opposition, like I, I, I can't state it enough how bad the football team they are. They're really bad. Like I, I want us to go over there on Thursday night, and I, well, I'd quite like us to rest a couple of players, but I want us to yes. absolutely annihilate them on Thursday night. Right. Well, that's that's a good segue, and I think just to just to wrap up on this first, I would say just something you mentioned last week, Liam, that maybe the four two three one. We've I think we've already seen. It gives us more scope to change. You know what I mean? I think with the fact we're getting four two three one sorry in our arsenal, I think if you are playing with the two wingers and you could have like if 
things really went bad that we could, we could easily draw Doidge on or that, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I feel like just having that in our, in our, um, in our arsenal, I guess, it just gives us another option. But moving on to Thursday night, like you said, Liam, um, players, what would you be looking at? Team lineup for me, I um, I would be on the same thought line as you, probably some rotation. Um, would you big changes or small changes? I would take Boyle and Isbet out of the team because I'd be worried about um, their hatchet men doing some damage to those two, and I don't think they can afford to have them damaged. I would bring Doig in for Stevenson, it gives a bit more down the left and also get some minutes into Doig's legs. Uh, Neil's not playing, so I would think we'll probably go McGuinness. I wouldn't play Gorgic in this game, to be honest. I, I, he's not needed against them, um, as good as he was on Thursday night. Um, so I'd go McGuinness, Allen, and Ian. Other in the centre of the pitch, maybe Doyle Hayes if he's if he's back from injury in time. Uh, I'd bring Stevie Bradley in for Boyle, and I'd get Doyle in for Nisbet because again, minutes needs minutes. Yes, I, I, do we do we know if is it two bookings and you're suspended? I think in the qualifying stages, yeah, and it will get Harry's right. I think it will get wiped. Because that means there'll be a fair amount of players that are a booking away for potential mission the first leg of the following round on the assumption we don't okay. have a fucking man on Thursday night. Um, Greg, what about you team-wise? Do you want a, a stronger 11, uh, get a couple of goals and then rest, or rest from the start? No, I think I'll be back to the same route as Liam and Get, get players a bit of rest. Um, I think it's a good point he's made about Boyle and Nisbet. Um, they were absolutely booting them the other night, so you know, I wouldn't want to see anyone get injured, so yeah, I'd, I'd shake it up a bit. Um, would agree with Doidge up front and, and Doidge back in his side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give Freud a start as well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think well, for me... Possibly for um, Boyle, but um, yeah, I think... Enough there to, to go over there and change it up and beat them comfortably, I would imagine. I, I, I'm, I'm boiling this, but for me, don't need to, they don't need to kick a ball. Maybe, maybe 10 minutes at the end just to keep them ticking over that, but nothing much. Um, Doidge and Doig need minutes because uh, I think Doig, especially, I think we'd like to start against Motherwell. Um, although I'd, I'd be absolutely fine with, with Stevenson playing, um, I think he's looked pretty sharp in pre season. And looked all right the other night as well. Um, but yeah, I think maybe four four or five changes being Doig for Doig, eh, no, Doig for Stevenson, someone for Gogic, eh, no Gogic, someone for eh, Newell, so probably McGuinness. I think, I think the midfield three will stay. I think it'll be Alan McGuinness and Gogic. I do think that'll be what it goes with. But if Jake Doyle has his fit, I'd probably play him because he, he is going to need minutes. That, that's that simple. Um Doidge up front for Nisbet and then any of the wingers you know I would be okay if it was Stevie Bradley I wouldn't even be opposed to playing right and Bradley and resting Mackay and uh, Boyle plenty of options there Harry what, what do you think and um, we're, we're talking about five subs five subs as well mate yeah I really wouldn't hate seeing the like I, I agree with keeping um, Boyle and Nisbet off the pitch but I wouldn't really I really wouldn't hate Doing like as a friendly hub, the first half the essentially starting team apart for them. Then at halftime, bring on five subs because mm. I think everybody needs minutes. I think normally we have a lot more friendlies than pre-season this year, um, probably with Europe in mind. But we're playing against a bunch of tatties. I, I think um, one thing that frustrated me last season, I said it a few times on the pod, was having young players in the squad that weren't getting minutes. 
So I think this is hopefully a game in which the likes of Gullen, Bradley, Campbell will show whether they're actually squad members or if they need to go out on loan. Um, I know we're playing against a crap team, but I thought Bradley looked really good against Wraith. If he has another good game, I don't see why he should be put in the rotation. Um, I think Campbell, I think there's a player there. I've, I've been quite impressed with him the last yeah. couple of seasons. Been up, you know, play, supposedly had a good season with Edinburgh City. I'm not going to pretend I've watched any of their streams. Um, and I, I don't know if this is a ridiculous take, but I think that Gogic seems to be in the rotation of centre-back. So I wouldn't hate to see him have a half at centre-back if you're open to take rest, Portress or Hanlon. Um, I'd, I don't like him there, but just based off pre-season games he's played there against Arsenal. Yeah. So I I think getting him there in a competitive game, just test it out, I wouldn't hate. But yeah, because I, I, I still think, think they need a centre-back ahead of the season. So if Gogic is actually going to be number four there, then at least give him a chance at it before it comes to competitive. Absolutely, mate. I think, I know we've seen it. I think, so Jack Rossi made it clear we want a centre-back and we want a, well, who knows if we still, we want a forward in this window. We've obviously signed a, um, is, it, is it Mueller? Or, I call him Mueller. I'm not going with that American pronunciation of Mueller because that's fucking stupid. Aye. His name's Mueller. Mueller. Oh, YouTube. Chris Mueller! Chris, oh, Chris oh. Mueller! Like, fuck that, honestly. <laughs> Mueller, watching the YouTube off. video. Aye, but like, his name's Mueller. Yeah, for Chris Mueller's first day off, by the way. Go for Dinton, man. Anyway, so I think it's like, so we know that we want a centre back, and I, I think ideally we signing Muller this window uh, but we'll, 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 we'll come on to Muller it shows that I know everyone's been going on about depth but we're talking about making six, seven, eight changes and I keep stressing it and I know you can't other ends like, but that's still about Chris Cadden it seems like Halberg's potentially got something a bit dodgy going on it's not being confirmed but there's various rumours swirling about Twitter and .net about it seems like he is injured and there's various rumours about the severity of it um, so apparently Aye, a couple of months out, but, but yeah, I'm, assuming we'll, I'm assuming we'll get some confirmation of that maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the whenever the pre-match um, press conference is. But like, I think we've got a good squad. Like, I do. Um, and I do think exactly. Like I don't. I'm, I, it's ninety nine point nine percent sure it'll be a three G pitch. So I don't see much. Like, it is I. It's uh, a, it's a, I've seen I've seen an international game on there not that long. Where, you know, I think we always played there too, and it's like one of those ones where you can see the you know the black bits of rubber come That'd off the pitch when the ball bounces. It's it's quite something to behold. But it's a cracking view for the stadium if you get to see the stadium. There's the pyramids are in the background. They're really nice, but yeah, the pitches are a, a catastrophe. Like um, just worth saying while we're on it, um, just to wrap up, um, we'll get score predictions. But it looks like it's going to be streamed on like the Andorran Football Federation's uh, YouTube page. I don't know if Hibs have played anything, but it's so already it's- there. Uh-huh, streamed on uh, YouTube. It's like it's like F dot A dot F or something like F like it must be like football and Dora Federation or something. I just typed in Santa Coloma Hibs and it came up and it allowed me to put an alert on for Wednesday, so they're definitely right. showing it. Um, um oh, guys, guys we forgot to mention and we've actually been in talks with them to set that up, so we'll leave our PayPal on Twitter. <laughs> you can send us a tenner for a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, right. We'll, we'll do score predictions, quickly talk about our new signing, and uh, that'll probably be about us. Liam, score prediction? 5 no. Harry? I'm, I'm, I reckon we're going to absolutely paste them. We're better away from home. I'm going to say 7 no. 10 no aggregate. Greg? Uh, I'll go 4 no. Anything um, below that is unacceptable, and he's got to go. 
I think a lot of it will depend on the team that we put out. I've got a feeling we will actually go fairly strong. I think we'll win. I've someone said it already, but I'm I'm going five 0 and I tell you what, I am putting a bet on with as many fucking booking points as possible because I just get the feeling that I get the feeling that we are going to be pissed off and want to put goals past them, and that's just going to piss them off, man. They're going to keep kicking us. Um, but yeah, sure, we've signed a new uh, a new what we said striker forward looks like comfortable on the right, comfortable on the left. Um, I recorded their game against. Someone the night that we signed them was it maybe no it was maybe New York last night. Aye, and they they played someone. Philadelphia. Yes, it was. It was Philadelphia, and he looked all right. He didn't score, and he looks like pretty like he looks like he'll fit into Scottish football. You know, I mean, he's no like a winger that looks thin. He looks like a good a good size. Looks fairly quick and stuff like that. Um, Who's going to pretend that they were the biggest MLS fans in sliced bread and tell us all about him? Or are we all going to accept that it seems like he's coming in with decent stock, but we don't really know fuck all about him? I'll be judging him when he's here. I'm not going to judge him on his MLS record. We've seen it before where players come in with um, good stock and it maybe just doesn't work out. So I'll judge him when he's here and when he's in the league. He looks big enough. He looks quite an aggressive player. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. Excited by Sandy Rick? I think so. It's a left field sign, not one that I think anyone was really expecting. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. It's, was it two and two for the American national team? So. Uh, and I think he scored um, I think he scored 10 goals in 22 MLS games last season, which for a sort of wide player was pretty handy. And one of my mates who used to follow Orlando a wee bit has said that basically Orlando have been absolute tatties for a couple of years as well so the fact that he's doing alright for them is probably a, a good sign you know what I mean if he's still performing well in a league that they're struggling in um, Liam um, he'd been linked with million pounds moves to Belgium and stuff like that um, I mean you can look at that anyway which way you want but what, yeah, looking forward to seeing him coming hoping he's in, in uh, this window I hope so. I don't. I don't think there's really any financial incentive for Orlando to let them go. The way the American system works over there with players, so I, I'd find it probably quite surprising if he was to join us. Window, more likely to expect him in the next um, transfer window. But I mean, based off his, I find it really hard to understand because I think a lot of there's really different perceptions about the standard of the MLS. A lot of people think it's a decent league where lots of good professionals, and others think it's. Absolutely, Joe Basin. The reality is it's probably somewhere in between those two um, kind of estimations of the league. It's really hard to judge what kind of player he is, but I think based off his YouTube compilations, I, I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying the look of the sign. I think Greg's right. I think he looks like an aggressive player. Looks like he can dribble. Run, you know, Looks like he's a bit of an athlete, can run. Um, would, would remark as a maybe slight note of caution just on based on some of his finishes it doesn't look like the most natural of finishers I think it's fair mm-hmm. to say a lot of his goals were sclaps um, but that, 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 there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with that but I think you just have to if you see something just call it out but now I think he, I think he looks good um, I think it's a ah you're right it's a different sign it's, it's a different sign it's not the churn of just someone that's playing in the lower leagues of England or playing the league up here so I fingers crossed he can he can make the make the I think I think it is a step up to be honest I know he plays with some good players but I, I genuinely think that the MLS tier probably is just a, a slight step up but could be wrong 
I know, there's, a reason, from, uh, there's, there's a reason he's making the move, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it's 24. Manny putting balls in the box to lift three right. and so we There's a definite upgrade then. Yeah, Jay, Jay Wright is the Colchester cool nanny right enough, like. <laughs> ah, you're definitely the Ingram nanny some of the fucking performances we put in last season, but we can slate this season. Harry, you're, yeah. a, you're an American sport fan, you've got a good grasp of how the sort of drafts in that work. Am I right in saying he was a first-round draft pick? He was the top-ten draft pick. Um, was he number four? I think he was fourth overall, I read somewhere, right? Um, Because the thing, like, in other American sports, I think that the drafts a lot more weight because obviously that's the only way that you well, that's the main way that you get into yeah. mm. um obviously they've got like some players that come in via different programs but we'll get into that um but yeah not but quite a lot in especially in the mls i'm aware that quite a lot of the players that get drafted quite high up tend to be busts so the fact that he came in and he's like a fan favorite um i, I believe it's actually six overall um, <laughs> he's a fan favorite despite uh, the fact he was like so much weight on him when he actually joined the team. Um, I think fair play to the recruitment team. We've been moaning at the fact that we didn't really know who to bring in as an attacking optional, especially if Nisbet leaves. So the fact they went out and got this boy who, as soon as it was said he was joining a Scottish football team, everybody hit to the forums and was like, can't believe Celtic are getting this wonder kid. Um, so hopefully he backs those people up. Even folk on kickback, the wee rats over there were saying that... Uh, <laughs> Um, they were saying that he, they hope he doesn't come to Hibs and stuff. So um, it's one of those things. I'm I'm gonna pretend I know that he's the best player. And we've made to sign another window, and that's a matter of fact. So yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm basing it so, solely off of I see a random sort of Celtic fan account. I think maybe lives in Orlando, and like he's an Orlando and a Celtic fan. And says he's an absolute baller. Like says he'll do really well at Hibs. So that's enough for me. <laughs> um, but. I think it's important that we do try and get him in this window, although I'm of a similar thought process to Liam that I can see the benefit of it to Hibs. I don't necessarily see the benefit of it to Orlando. Um, I know there was a lot of talk on Twitter this morning and stuff. He didn't travel with him to New York, but I went and looked at what is the time judge the thoughts on their team. So I went down their Twitter and apparently they were they rested like loads of players. So I don't know if it was a game that they expected to get pumped in and they just never took any of their bigger players. So it'll be interesting to see if he's in their next squad. I don't know when their next game will be. Um, the only thing to that is um, I did see quite a lot of fans have been tweeting like when he was leaving. They were all wishing him luck in that. So he must be a nice guy if all the fans like him. But they were saying, hopefully you'll stay and we can win something. But I looked at their record and they don't seem particularly competitive. So I don't know if they're trying to win like not bottom half award, but I think just let, let him come, let him come, we'll get him, we'll get him for free, we'll do a Celtic, and at the end of this season we're going to take Edward for free as well, so at least he's got someone to back him up. Yeah, um, if he doesn't come in this window, I guess that still leaves us wanting a forward and a centre-half, I would well agree on that, or do we think, knowing that he's coming in January, we could get away with the same attacking options that worked well for us towards the end of last keep- season? If we keep Nisbet and Dodge, we're fine with what we've got. If we, um, in my opinion, uh, if we lose Nisbet, then we definitely need someone straight in the door, in my opinion. Yeah. Centre half's a bigger worry for me. Centre half's a bigger worry for me. If one of them goes down, I think we're, we're in a bit of trouble, um, especially Cadden not being fit to play right back and shunt McGinn across. I think we do need a centre half in ASAP, really. And hopefully, we're still, hopefully, still there trying to make a move for Jamie McClark. I think it's a left sided centre half predominantly that we need first. Um, 
I think there's a lot of chat that potentially we are still trying to make that happen. So um, let's hope that St Johnston just um, accept that they're a wee team and sell to us. <laughs> no, that's bad. Anything else, boys? Happy to wrap up our European uh, preview. Obviously, it's uh, looking like it'll be Raker, is it, um, in the next round? Um, if, if we do see it through, which I think we expect we will. Um, aye, but any more from you, boys? Are we, are we travelling through, boys? Are we getting our supporters plane on the way to Croatia? It's in the green. Is it still in the green list, is it? I, no, I, I like my, my favourite moment of the weekend. Was um was was yesterday when uh, we went to our pal Craig's for a bit to help clean up the, the chaos and uh, his dad asked, "What colour are they?" We were, talking about, of, we were talking about the game that uh, in terms of green, amber or red. And Harry said, "I don't know what colour they're playing. Maybe maybe <laughs> blue or sun." <laughs> Well, we'll be back pretty much right after full time on Thursday night. We'll be recording after that. So let's hope it's a let's hope it's a comfortable win that we can sort of just say, aye, that was good and get on to the league preview. Um three of the four of us have got tickets for the Motherwell game. Greg, obviously you uh you're away at the weekend, so you won't you you you're not going. Uh, and you won't be with us next Monday either because you're you're still away. You get is it Monday night you get back, so it's just yeah late later on. Um, but yeah, also league action starts again, but we'll have another podcast between now and then. But thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back tonight. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.